This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Oh, he happens to be the national director of talk radio here at Chorus. Larry Gifford has a fascinating story to tell, and he's also here uh, because today is the launch of season two of your podcast that deals with the rather intimate subject of Parkinson's disease when life gives you Parkinson's. Larry, I appreciate you coming in and sharing your story. Thanks for giving me a, a chance to talk on this great day for talk radio. It is. There you go. It's Pavlovian. We ring the <laughs> bell whenever we hear that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this story because uh, you're a young guy, and typically, I know because in my own family, uh, someone with Parkinson's, uh, it seems to uh, afflict people mostly over the age of 65. Uh, but there is young onset Parkinson's under the age of 50, and I guess that's what you were diagnosed with. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, how or when did you realize you had Parkinson's? No, that's true. Uh, You also hear it called the YOPD, Young Onset Parkinson's Disease. Uh, I was diagnosed two years ago when I was 45 years old. Uh, I'd had symptoms ongoing. Now I can trace them back. You become like a detective once you get that diagnosis. You're like, wait a second. You start tracing things back in time, and it goes back eight years. I was having uh, Parkinson's symptoms and didn't know it. So it started with like a draggy foot and a clumpy walk, and I just thought I was fat and out of shape. <laughs> uh huh. And it's just dragging my foot along with me. I'm like, well, I guess this is what the 40s are like. I'd never been 45 before. <laughs> uh, and and then like my handwriting got really small and cramped. Uh, I was having trouble like even just putting my hand in my pants, like my right hand, like everything on my right side started to go. And I'm like, I think I'm getting weaker on my right side. And then a tremor came. Mm. And then my son goes, dad, why is your hand shaking so bad? I'm like, I don't know. And so that's when I went to the doctor and they thought at first it was MS and then they realized it was Parkinson's disease. And so it took about six or eight months to sort that out. So are there definitive markers then for Parkinson's? Well, it's funny. He, he goes, I, you, I, I'm pretty sure you have Parkinson's was the diagnosis. And I'm like, well, can we be a little bit more certain of that? Can we get a definitive answer? He goes, well, sure. It would take an autopsy. <laughs> okay. And you didn't want to submit to that. I, I wasn't ready for that. Right. Uh, all right. And so what was your reaction, though, when it was given to you the word definitively? Well, I didn't know. I knew three things about Parkinson's at that point. I knew Muhammad Ali. I knew Michael J. Fox. And I knew it had something to do with tremors. I didn't know at that time uh, that the, the belief was that it doesn't kill you, uh, but you'll die with it. There's no cure. And they don't know why you get it. Uh, the 10% of them are genetic causes. Uh, they think pesticides or herbicides or you know chemicals could be a contributing factor, environment, but they don't have the gut biome plays a role in it. I mean, they, they're, they're really close on figuring stuff out, but they, they don't know. And so so you, you start looking up on the internet, which you're not supposed to do, but you know you don't have any other resource. And so you, you go, boy, I mean, there's like 40 some symptoms that come that are possible with Parkinson's and some of them are ugly. I mean, it's like... You know, you, depression, anxiety, I mean, suicidal thoughts. I mean, and, and that's not a reaction to the the Parkinson's. It's par, it's a symptom of the Parkinson's because I here's what I didn't know and I learned real quick. It's about dopamine production. I By the time I was diagnosed, I'd lost more than 80% of my dopamine-producing brain cells. Really? And you need dopamine to do anything. They, they, they call it a happy drug, a right. happy chemical, but it's more than that. If, if I want to pick up this cup of water, if I want to answer my phone, if I want to take a walk, I have to release dopamine in order to initiate that action. Right. And I don't have that. So 
now I take levodopa carbidopa, which is like the gold standard drug, and it's synthetic dopamine. And I have to take it nonstop throughout the day. So I, I, I'm, I'm up to over 12 pills a day of that. Mm. So that's, you know, 70-some pills a week. And uh, that's a lot of just that one drug. I'm, I take 132 different pills every week just to, to manage my symptoms. And I'm guessing that's typical? Well, everybody's different. There, oh. there is no typical Parkinson's. Every, you've met one person with Parkinson's. You've met one person with Parkinson's. Like, mm. there's no roadmap. And that's that's the frustrating thing. It's not a disease, per se, where they can go in and take the Parkinson's out. It's a collection of symptoms. And they don't know what connects them all. Again, with Larry Gifford, uh, Larry has a podcast. Uh, this is season two. Starts uh, It launched today uh, about... When life gives you Parkinson's, I guess that's one way of putting it euphemistically, when life gives you uh, Parkinson's. But, you know, because you're now well-versed in it, uh, and as you've just described, there's a a certain, I guess, signature that you bear and you alone. It's unique to you, as there are so many permutations of this, or manifestations anyway. Uh, Is that what prompted the podcast? What what actually uh, was the impetus for that? The impetus of the podcast was uh, it's a great story, <laughs> and I love telling stories. And mm. here I was sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> uh, but more than anything, I wanted to document my my disease progression and be able to listen back and hear it because I'm an audio guy. I've been in radio for over 25 years, and so for me, you know, podcast is the the next next great thing. And I've I've been doing podcasts, and I thought it, I saw it as a creative challenge. And something to actually activate my brain and keep me busy and creative because I don't want to lose that skill. You know, some people get a really soft voice. Mm. Well, losing my voice would be a really horrible thing for me because that's, that's that's all I know how to do. That's part of your identity. That's that's me. And so, like, that's my biggest fear, which I'm probably bringing it upon myself, just putting it out there. But they, so there's a lot of fear involved with this disease because you lose things. It's uh, Dr. Sonia Mather, who's here in Toronto. She, she, she has it. She's had it for 20 some years. And she told me the other day, it's the gift that keeps on taking. Mm. It opens a lot of doors. You meet a lot of great people, a lot of great things. You get a great podcast, but every day, every month, every year, it takes more from you. And yet, you know, when you say that, it sounds to me like it's galvanized the community, uh, in many ways, there's a is there a collegiality? I mean, what's the input, the feedback that you're getting? What sense have you uh, got now with the attraction of the podcast? Is it uh, helping other people to cope emotionally, psychologically, and otherwise? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, everywhere I go, people come up to me and thank me for doing the podcast, uh, whether they're per- people with Parkinson's or they're caretakers. And they, they tell me that they, they'll pick certain episodes that they, they really relate to, and they'll send them to friends and family to help them understand what they're going through. I have doctors that have listened that didn't realize all the podcasts possible symptoms for, uh, for, for, for Parkinson's. And they go, I didn't realize that was a symptom. And now I, when I recognize it, I send my patients directly to the neurologist to, to get tested. And, and so I'm, I'm helping people that way. And, and then more than anything, we're bringing the communities together. So this, this year on the podcast, we have three great partners. We have Parkinson Canada, we have the Michael J. Fox Foundation, and we have uh, Spotlight YOPD from uh, the UK. So three different countries represented uh, in, in support of this. And, and we, that's one of the things that really frustrated me is these, these companies weren't working together. These organizations weren't working together. And so if I can bring them together on the podcast and help present their content and, and talk to their experts and have them working in collaboration with me, to, to me, that's a win. Yeah, and it's so international in scope, too. I was just reading the stats. 100,000 people across Canada living with Parkinson's disease today. Uh, it affects one in 500 people in Canada. 
one diagnosis per hour on average in the country, one diagnosis every seven minutes worldwide. So uh, this obviously has a great scope and magnitude. But uh, let me tell you something else. Mm. The amount of people diagnosed today is twice as many that were diagnosed 10 years ago. Any idea and, why that is? And they project it's going to double again in 10 years. What's going on? It's a pandemic. And they don't know why. They don't know why it's catching on so fast. They don't know if it's environmental. They don't know if it's chemical. They don't know what it is. And there's a ton of great researchers trying to figure it out real quick. Again, with Larry Gifford, National Director of Talk Radio at Chorus. But uh, the podcast, this is Season 2, it launched today. And it uh, deals with Parkinson's, when life gives you Parkinson's. You know, some of the themes you're planning to explore, I was just reading background material on it, and I thought, boy, this is really personal and intimate. When uh, you mentioned that uh, you're considering, I don't know if you have, fix me, fill me in on the timeline, but uh, you and your wife, Rebecca, it's time to consider separate beds. What's going on? Well, so, yeah, that's going to be episode three where we, t- we, we, we realize that uh, one of the symptoms of Parkinson's is you begin to act out your dreams. It's how... Uh, uh, how Alan Alda realized that he had Parkinson's is he was acting out his dreams and, and you hit your dreams become very violent and realistic and, and you, you start taking swings in your sleep and kicking in your sleep. And, and if your spouse is too close, you, you begin to punch them without knowing it. Uh, and we've had a couple of close calls because I'm beginning to act out my dreams and I'm like, I, I don't want to take that risk. I'm about twice her size and I, I, I don't think that's worth it. And so we went shopping for separate beds the other, the other weekend. Does it impact your intimacy? Sure. I mean, anytime somebody in the house has a, you know, a chronic disease of any kind, it, it impacts intimacy. I mean, you have to separate husband and wife and spouse and caretaker or, or patient and caretaker. Um, and, and it's hard to do both. It's hard to switch those gears. Um, but, you know, we, we also on that same episode visit a, uh, a sex education counselor to get advice on how, how to bridge that gap. Because I think that's one of the topics that isn't discussed openly in the community. Uh, that's an important one, and we want to start some conversations in our community about it. Because it does impact the libido, is what you're saying. For sure, it, it can. It, there's some of the drugs make you hi- hypersexual, and some of the drugs make you uh, uh, hyposexual. So it's, it can increase your libido, it can decrease your libido, uh, and, and it can make you. You know, anytime you're sick, you, you're not really feeling very sexy, right? Mm. So the, you know. For each of us, you know, she has more work to do around the house because I can do less. So she's tired. Like, we're just exhausted. So, like, you know, what we realized when we were recording the episode is like, holy crap, it's been a year since we had sex. Mm. And the therapist is like, you know, less than uh, 12 times a year means you're in a sexless marriage. I'm like, <laughs> wow. So that's coming. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Wake up call on that front. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, though, because I thought it was fascinating, some of the other things you're going to explore. And uh, I mentioned this prior to your arriving here, and I need confirmation <laughs> if I got this right. There's a woman who claims that she can actually smell Parkinson's? There is. Her name is uh, Joy Milne. She's from the UK. I've met her. She's a joy to be with. Uh, she, uh, she, Her husband had Parkinson's, and she noticed that his his body odor changed at one point in their marriage. And then like 10 years later, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and they went to a Parkinson's support group meeting and everybody smelled like her husband. And she's like, this is weird. (laughs) And so she asked a researcher, why don't you investigate the smell of Parkinson's? And one of the key symptoms of Parkinson's is the loss of smell. A lot of people lose their sense of smell. I did. And that's what they they mean. You you research that. And she goes, no, no, no. There is an odor to Parkinson's. So they tested her. They, They took 10 people, some with and some without Parkinson's, and they took their shirts 
and they cut them in half. So there was 20 samples. She sniffed them. Not, they weren't wearing them. She was just sniffing them, and she got 18 out of 20 correct. Six months later, the one she missed got Parkinson's. Really? So she was 20 for 20. Whoa. Now, uh, that's a human being. Uh, I also hear that dogs uh, are trained to sniff out Parkinson's. T- to what point or purpose? So, so there are dogs uh, in uh, Italy that they're training right now to sniff out Parkinson's. And in both cases, uh, you know, we're, we're desperately searching for a biomarker. Something that we, some test we can take, something, whether it's a, a, a blood test or an eye test or cleaning your earwax out of your ears and testing it, whatever it is. And if we can do it from the odor of Parkinson's and sniff out hay, there's a high probability you're going to be diagnosed with Parkinson's in 10 years uh, because you're, you have ex- excess sebum and that smells a certain way. Uh, then, then that's a huge advantage because then we can get people on exercise uh, regimes. We may be able to stop it from onset. So you'd still have Parkinson's, but it'd be dormant if we could figure out how to do that. So there's a lot of advantages to knowing that you are a prime candidate for it. Yeah, you know, in anticipation of the numbers, as you cited just earlier, uh, when you look at, for example, Alzheimer's and strides being made to uh deal with the impact of that as an aging population is uh, happening in our midst. I mean, we could say the same for Parkinson's. I mean, preemptively, as you just said, uh, there's maybe some good news as far as that's concerned, but the numbers are going to grow almost exponentially. You were telling us earlier, uh, is there anything on the horizon, the near horizon that might, you know, uh, help to forestall those numbers that you cited? Well, I hope so. Uh, I know there's a lot of people working on it. Uh, It takes a lot of time to go from, you know, from the laboratory into the pharmacy uh, and like, like a dozen years because you got to do all these testings. Anytime you're going to use, give, inject something into a human or make them swallow something, you got to test it and test it and test it. And a lot of, a lot of these drugs, these hopeful drugs that they've, they've had for, for Alzheimer's and for Parkinson's have died in stage three testing. Mm. Uh, so, and that's, that's really the, the, the final round before you take it to market. Uh, and it's unfortunate. They have a lot of great theories, but just, they're just not coming, coming together in the end. Uh, so uh, I know people, you know, the Michael J. Fox Foundation's raised $900 million since 2000 to, to research Parkinson's disease. Uh, it is the fastest growing neurological condition in the world, and its prevalence is only second to Alzheimer's. So uh, it's, it's, it, both these diseases are very similar in nature, and the researchers are, 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 are working on them simultaneously. And in some cases, in the same lab, the same, the same researchers are studying both diseases. You know, you just mentioned uh, Michael J. Fox, and I know you're uh, intimate uh, with the foundation. And uh, not as intimate as I am with my wife. <laughs> and hopefully that uh, continues on in that vein, <laughs> as as we just mentioned, because uh, you know that would be uh, all upside. However, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, as uh, someone else who gave prominence to uh, the the whole notion, uh, you know, celebrities and uh, athletes, you know virulent athletes afflicted as well. Uh, I noticed that Rashida Ali, the daughter of Muhammad Ali, is uh, also part of the community and uh, people that I guess will feature on the podcast as well. You've For got, sure. Uh, American Ninja Warrior Jimmy Choi, uh, Tim Haig, who won the Amazing Race Canada uh, Season 1, and uh, so it goes. So this continues to elevate the profile of what's taking place here, and uh, you're doing the Lord's work in effect, and uh, good on you. Well, thank you. A podcast that... Uh, is, I guess, bringing it uh, right into, uh, 
sharp focus for a lot of folks whose family members and intimates likewise may be uh, afflicted with Parkinson's. So the podcast is season two, available now, uh, and people can access that. Um, wherever, you, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you, go, you can also go online. Some people don't know how to use the apps. Just go on, the, on your browser and type in www.curiouscast.ca. You got it. Larry Gifford. National Director of Talk Radio at Chorus, when life gives you Parkinson's. Real pleasure. Appreciate it and continue the good work and success in your life. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 